Our guest today has played 107 matches for the Hawks. He scored over 2,000 runs, 2,192. He also has 17 wickets and over 90 uh, catches and dismissals in the field. Welcome, Caleb Day. Thanks, Cobb. Gilly, thanks for having me. Welcome, uh, Kay. Uh, look, uh, I guess, first of all, congratulations on you know another really good year, a couple in a row now. Uh, look, how do you look back on season 2019-20? Yeah, last year was a good one for the team for the first half of the season um, and then sort of ended up struggling towards the end. But um, individually, um, still improving, I think, the, from, the, from the first couple of seasons that I had at the Hawks. Um, me and the, sort of the young group of guys that were with me, like Jack Lucas and Jack Dead, were sort of struggling then. Um, and it's good to see us sort of start getting some good runs on the board now. And yeah, just having good seasons back to back now. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, thanks to Bakes' stats, it revealed that you were the only batsman to be top ten in the runs first grade for the la- both of the last two years. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, but really? I mean, no. That's a good little stat. So it shows the consistency you've built, I guess. Um, but and look, just uh, I guess uh, not too long ago, you were picked in the Hawks team of the decade about three. I guess what you know, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, a bit surprised. I was watching it. I was watching it with my mum and my family. <laughs> we're all sat at the dinner table. And I was surprised because I know there has been a lot of um, good cricketers come through here in the in the past ten years. But yeah, really honoured to uh, sort of earn that spot at number three um, alongside some good names like Beardy and um, Conrad opening the batting. That was good to see. Yeah. Let's take it back now. How did uh, how did cricket start for you? Were you always into it? Did you play other sports? Yeah, so it was always cricket and soccer for me. Cricket in the summer, soccer in the winter. From when I was uh, like uh, like eight years old up until now, obviously. Um, started off at Broad Beach, as you'll know. Was there. My dad was coaching. Uh, we did the under tens right up through to under seventeens together. So it was a good like eight seasons there where I played and uh, Broadbeach were great to me they um yeah didn't have like any lack of opportunity there so it was really appreciated appreciative of them um and then yeah so got through to under played one season under 17s there and then I came here for another season of under 17s and obviously was put in the top grade straight away here and yeah from there just as I said before, struggled in the first few years there, but sort of getting my things together now and playing some good cricket. And why, why, I guess, was it that, you know, you, you said you enjoyed your eight years at Broadbeach, so what sparked their move to Helensville? Yeah, I guess um, getting into senior cricket, I was, me and my family were obviously really close with the Bairds, Jack and Paul Baird. And Paul was obviously had a big um, influence in the club at that stage, like sort of five years ago. So I was sort of talking to Paul and Paul was saying, oh, come on, come to Helensville, so we'll get you in the first, second grade. And at the time I was playing, um, I, was, I think I was sort of floating between threes and sort of around third grade, fourth grade maybe at Broadbeach. I was only 14 or 15, I think. Um, and I was sort of not doing any good there, so I didn't give them any reasons to sort of put me up the grades. But Paul sort of saw some talent in me, got me down to Helensville, and obviously I was friends with some of the boys like Sean Adele, um, Jack Baird and all that through junior cricket. So I was familiar with all the boys here. And then, yeah, just decided why not. Came to Helensville and haven't looked back since. Obviously struggled the first few years, as, as I said. So it was hard sort of 
was a bit embarrassing sort of at times, not getting any runs and still getting put in first grade. And But obviously someone saw something in me and just kept me up there and then paying off to some extent now. I guess uh, to, to just follow on that, I mean, yeah, like was, was that a tough thing? Like, yeah, you, you, I mean, to use the word embarrassing, you said that, but like um, to keep yourself going, like, you know, obviously there, there was some, uh, yeah, tough times there for the club as a, as a whole but um, I mean for you personally like everyone could see that you, you had the talent there but it just wasn't quite translating like I mean how was that for you? Yeah it was tough but I think at the same time I was doing sort of half of a good job um, at the top I was sort of facing 50 balls pretty much most innings and getting my like 15 20 runs which I mean no one I don't think anyone was really competing for my spot at that time so I didn't really have that sort of pressure, but the pressure to just go on and make it, get to 50, get to 100, that was just like a dream at that stage. Like I just couldn't think, I didn't think I could actually do it. And then, yeah, I mean, it stuck with me, stuck with me, kept facing my 50 balls every innings and then sort of started getting that experience, which you need just to, just to keep batting all day. And, um, yeah, it took three years of sticking with me, I have to say, for me to start getting some half-decent scores. And what do you think during that period, was there was it a, was it a mental block or was it a fatigue thing? that uh, Was there something technical that you just kept getting out? Uh, I think 100% mental, I would say, yeah. Something that I really never looked into, into cricket, was the mental side of the game, which nowadays is um, everyone's recognised that it's so important to have a good balance between a good good um, technique and a good mental side of the game. So yeah, it was definitely mental. I was getting getting myself to 20 and then sort of little voice in my head saying, all right, you got to hit this guy over the top now and then just hit one straight up in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that's not my game to do that. So yeah, but I would just do it week in, week out. I wouldn't reflect on it, wouldn't, wouldn't um, say, all right, I'm not doing that again. It would just keep coming back. So yeah, in the last few years, the biggest change is that mental side of the game where you just you just recognise that you hear the voice in your head and you just got to block it out and you just got to move on to the next ball and just play every ball as it comes down. And yeah, that's just the secret to batting long, a long time. As people like Steve Smith have said, 95% of the game is mental. And was there a specific turning point uh, that made you finally stop and reflect on that? I mean, the season before last, so two years ago, during that season, I just really consciously made an effort to to play each ball as it comes and not think about anything else. And I think that, that comes with the club getting Think Cricket here, Seamus Robertson, um, sort of instilled that into us and obviously other online sources that, that there are nowadays. Um, just watching those videos and just... Yeah, just recognizing that you just got to play each ball as it comes, and you just can't be, you can't leave it up to the next bloke to make the runs. Like you're in the team as a batsman, it's up to you. Like you got to be a bit selfish at times and just just bat. As for a specific time, it was probably that game against Runaway Bay here where I scored my first hundred. Mm. Batting yeah. batting that whole innings pretty much was was the turning point and for me a big confidence boost to just say sort of you can do it. So that was round six, 2018-19. Uh, was it 100 on the dot, I think, was it? or 101. 101. 
yeah, was that a weight off your shoulders, I guess? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, just being so frustrated with myself prior to that of just getting to 30 like a ridiculous number of times. <laughs> and it was so frustrating. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine how frustrating it, it was for the coaches and the, <laughs> the people behind the scenes. But yeah, just kept, kept battling through, just kept going. It was a boiling hot day. But yeah, like you said, just a big weight off my shoulders once I got there. And I think I got out next ball. It's just, <laughs> I didn't even care. Yeah. There was only like three balls left or something. Mm-hmm. So you got to 50 for the first time. That, that uh, And then, so yeah, yeah, that game, it's first seen, senior 50, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, what, tell, talk us through a bit, like, you know, as, as that innings went on, like, and you would have known you were getting closer and all this sort of thing. Like, yeah. did you get nervous? Did you, or was it, were you just in the zone? Or? I mean, it's all a bit of a blur, probably from 30 to. 95 or something it was all a bit of a blur but i do remember and everyone remembers playing a lot of shots on the leg side um, behind square on the leg side <laughs> sort of they were bowling straight at me like medium paces the keeper was up um and they would just have like seven or eight people on the offside bowling on leg stump work and it was like rock hard out here so <laughs> the outfield was lightning and i just Flicking him for four pretty much all day. Mm-hmm. I think the, I think we've got a wagon wheel of that <laughs> as well somewhere. Actually, I think that did get posted on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I can't really remember, like, most of that innings. Mm-hmm. I do remember um, out there with Sam Lickis at the end. Uh, it was in the last over, um, and I was on 97, and Sam got me on strike somehow. I can't remember. And I've just tried to hit their big... Tall, quick bowler, who's a good bowler, um, over cow corner. It was the last <laughs> over. And I knew I was close. I didn't know exactly what, what, what I was on, I think. Anyway, bowls me a length ball. I tried to hit it over cow corner onto the clubhouse. And I uh, French cut it through my legs <laughs> down to front leg for four. And, uh, yeah, just did the most embarrassing Dave Warner leap that you'll ever see. <laughs> Raised the bat. All the boys are happy. So, yeah, it was a really big... Really happy moment for me, yeah. Mm-hmm. And even, so then uh, later in that season, so like you were saying, Kay, it's like a relief, you know, it gives you confidence you can do it again. Yeah. So you had another big innings for, against Runaway Bay again. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Um, the second time versus Runaway Bay is at their place this time. I think we batted, it was a two-day game this time. First game was a one-day game. So it was a two-day game, so even longer to bat. Um, I was batting at three at this stage. Jack, Baird and Jamie were opening, I think. And they got off to a good start. I think Jack ended up with 70, maybe 60 or 70, which was big for him as well because he'd sort of been struggling prior to that. Jamie also got us off to a good start. And then, um, yeah, sort of came in. We were one for 60 or something in a really good spot. And, yeah, just was just hungry to get another big score. Was comfortable with their bowling attack, sort of seen them all before. And at Runaway Bay, it's a really good field, really good pitch. Great place to bat. So, yeah, I was batting with Jack Baird for a while, and then obviously he got out. And then Jack Lickis, I think, came out, and he was smacking him everywhere. Um, and then, yeah, it was on 92, I think it was, and got hit on the toe on the full in front of middle and had no complaints when I was giving out. Mm. But, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, the numbers say... Yeah, since that 100, so yeah, it's been another 650s since that time. So yeah, obviously they've come relatively frequently after that. So that, I mean, 
Yeah, yeah I guess that's further to, well, I guess what you've been saying. But um, yeah, has there has there been one particular technical type improvement that you feel that has made a big difference? Or playing ball late, uh, instilled in me by Paul there again. Um, playing plus the, one. Yeah, came came one. That's it. But that's again sort of a mental thing, sort of um, playing the ball later. In terms of like high elbow, shorter step, I don't think there's been anything of that. Mm. It's really all mental, as Gilly said before. Yep. That has been the transformation. So, I mean, I don't know how any of the other boys in the team approach their cricket um, on a personal level, but I'd really like to get into their minds and see how they think about the game and sort of get them to understand how important the mental side of the game is. Mm. Um, sorry, I was going to say, yeah, it, I've just remembered that that 100 against Ron Bay actually wasn't your first for the uh, for the club, I guess, it, totally. There was the 100 uh, against Mwollumbar in a pre-season oh, yeah. game, which was one of the most remarkable innings I've seen uh, where... Uh, I think it was 32 ball 100 or something like that that Caleb was, hit, yeah. which was um you know because Caleb no no like uh like <laughs> no, hack, no, yeah. no, no hack or anything but um it, the ball was just coming off so beautifully that day yeah. and I guess that was one of those moments where we saw like I guess everyone else saw like mm. um it sort of come together and although it wasn't an official game I mean do, was that a pretty special innings to you just for yeah it was um to score a 32 ball 100, I don't yeah. think many people can say that. It was ridiculous. I mean, everything just came off the middle of the bat. Um, and that, I do remember one thing, actually, um, about that innings. I, was, I think I was batting at three again. My first ball, um, this quick bowler from the Willembar. I can't remember his name, but he's quite sharp. Nearly hit me in the head first ball, and I was like, whoa, all right. <laughs> These guys aren't too bad now. Mm. So I sort of switched on, and then... Um, sort of got going a bit slow, I guess, but then everything just sort of came into place. I don't think I hit a six either. Hmm. So it was just, it was like carpet that outfield. Mm. It was really, really good. But again, I think the night before that we had, I mean, the whole purpose of going down there was to sort of get the first 20 players of the club um, sort of bonding a bit and talking about how we're going to approach the season mm. and um, sort of Betty's a lot like me, I think, in the, ter- in the way that he thinks about the game of cricket um, from a mental side of things. So, I mean, him getting all the boys together then and talking about that sort of thing, yeah, really, like, motivated me that, that next day to sort of put that all in place. And, yeah, just, everything just came off. Do you put, even so, even though it wasn't, you know, like, official micro game, did you put, uh, like, a lot of weight on that in terms of just your, your general? Self, for self-confidence, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was ridiculous. I mean, I can't, what, do you remember what year that was? That was the start of the 2017-18 season when we went to the grand the final. final. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't think I did particularly well in that season, mm-hmm. but um, as a team... Stemming from going down to Mwilumbar in the pre-season and doing all these good things, um, yeah, it was great for the team. Mm. Um, but personally, um, no, I don't know if it it gave me confidence. But mm. yeah, that was probably it. Yeah. Mm. And what are your memories of that season? Like, obviously, a pretty um, yeah, a great one for the like you said for the club. Fantastic season. I do have one <laughs> memory of the final. Yeah. I mean, throughout the whole season, Jack Lickis is a new captain taking us to the final. I mean, what a moment for him mm-hmm. 
to do that. And um, a young team, right? Like, yeah, yeah, there was like six or seven of us that were like 20, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. So incredible sort of potential there. And it's good that we still got that group of guys going around. But um, in, the, in the final um, against Burley at Southport, so they batted first. I think we were pretty happy with that because it was a bit wet that day. Mm. Anyway, Reese McCarthy at Burley put on a clinic, as he does, and they ended up with 190 or something, I think, um, off their 40 overs. And so we go out to bat thinking we can chase this down because they've put on a good score as well, um, good wicket, as it turned out. And I was batting at five, I think. I was batting in the middle order anyway, and Jack Baird was before me. And um, TJ Miller was bowling, good first grade bowler as well. Jack gets one that rears up off a length, takes his gloves and flies the first slip like off a length and he's gone. So I'm in next ball and and we're three for 30 or something, if that. And all right, I'm like, all right, this is my opportunity. There's all these people here. There's like 100 people in the bank and everyone's cheering us on. And I get a similar length ball from TJ. And I've sort of gone back because I was a bit bit sort of scared, bit um, deer in headlights moment. And Especially after seeing what just happened to Jack. That's right. And it's stayed low <laughs> and it's hit me like halfway up my shin. <laughs> and I've started walking off and Dave Johnson, I think he's got his finger up. So I'm out first ball in a grand final and I'm like, what's just happened? Like, I can't believe this has just happened and we just capitulated from there i think deno put on a 20 off 80 ball sort mm. of innings um held us together yeah, but dug in well but yeah we uh it, yeah, it, it was a little bit uh for, after such a good season it was a little bit of a crushing way to, to finish it was it, we got it, cleaned up yeah. but it was um it was yeah obviously very special like i guess when you look back on that whole season um what, what is it like to have shared like that and like to be you know many many seasons you know playing first grade with Jack Lucas and I guess particularly Jack Baird, um, yeah. you know, mates that you, you you know playing first grade together with for a substantial period of time. Yeah, great mateship comes from that, um, and we sort of we just know each other's games. We've played junior cricket all together, um, school cricket. I played against the Lickuses a few times, um, and then yeah, so school cricket, rep cricket, and then here at the Hawks. Um, yeah, I mean. Me and Jack Lickers are sort of in a similar boat, getting coming here from different clubs mm. and um, sort of having to find our feet here, uh, which can be hard, especially when you're not scoring runs, as Jack didn't either in his first year. Um, as a captain, I can't imagine the pressure he would have felt. But anyway, he'd come out the other end of it and look at him now. Mm. Um, but yeah, as you said, Jack Baird, Sam Lickers, Harry Lickers, Jack Lickers, Jack Baird... Um, Ryan Maloney, Sean Riddell, yeah. Steve Hillier. I mean, there's so many boys there that, um, yeah, you just have great memories with now. I guess uh, for a stitch up factor, I have to point people uh, at home to uh, have a look at the uh, Trip Shop Bros, uh, oh, no. <laughs> the, the YouTube video. I, uh, I don't know. What is this? I don't yeah, know. So, oh, okay. Yeah, Caleb, go on. Uh, what, what is it? So, me and Jack, um, being best mates growing up, we I think we were like 13 or something. We'll go with 13, uh, <laughs> might have been older. Um, sort of bored in school holidays, got our long hair and our helicopter hats on. <laughs> and we just set up in the house, in Jack's house mainly, with ping pong balls and cups 
and doing long shots and <laughs> trick shots off walls and off dogs and all the rest of it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just you up, but it was great. And yeah. at least Jack had the more embarrassing, like, uh, what was the it? Wabobo yeah, the Wobobo quote. So, uh... <laughs> Let's just take a quick break from Caleb as we look back to last episode uh, speaking to Mitch Parks and his parents. It was good. They worked with, um, I had a mixed action. Mm. And so what does that mean? Sorry, for the people listening at home, what does a mixed action mean? So your hips are like straight on, your shoulders are side on. Yeah. And it does problems with your back. Mm-hmm. And they showed me how to fix that up and get my hip side on now. Make sure you go back and have a listen to that one. Now, back to Kate. I'll just go quickly back to that um, that 2017-18 grand final. So it's interesting what you were saying, though, that um, like failing there in that final, but then was that sort of motivation for that mental change that you went through? Because it was those two seasons after that you really, you know, turned on the runs. Yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah. Um, failing there and then sort of, yeah, it was that whole season where I didn't do so great. Um, it was sort of a kick up the bum and to say, You've, you, if you want to be in this team, you sort of have to be stepping up now. You can't just keep relying on someone down the order to scrape together some runs, mm. which um, we've been doing. Um, so, yeah, just taking that ownership and just being selfish at the crease at times, mm-hmm. um, just staying out there, I think, is the best thing to do as a batsman. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've, you've got six batsmen in the team for a reason. You may as well... The, this, those six guys have to be out there for like 90, 95% of the innings. Mm. And I think it was like little realisations like that um, from, the, from the coaching staff that really um, just finally set in me. And I was just like, all right, I'm not going to leave this up to anyone else. And I still, I mean, I'm still far from perfect, obviously. Um, I still have times like, as you said, Cobb um, getting to 50 um, pretty frequently now, but it was only... 55 or 60 so I mean um, something to work on for the future is just knuckling down starting again once you get there and just going on to make big scores which really win win games cricket Mm. we'll move on from your cricket in a sec but just one last one so this whole journey of improvement um, you know we've got a, a few young hawks that listen to this one if you were to give some advice to them about improving their game based on your experiences, what would you say? Yeah, I would say um, there's plenty of online resources, but um, just the mental side of cricket is so important. And so many, so many older cricketers don't appreciate that. And so many of the younger cricketers that don't get all this special coaching don't realize that either. So I think if they want to take one piece of advice, I would say just really, really reflect on your game, set yourself goals and track those goals and look back on how you, how you did sort of thing. So yeah, I think that would be the, no, there's no technical, like my technique isn't special at all, pretty compact, but I've got, I don't look that pretty when I'm batting, I don't think, but yeah, it's just really a, a mental thing that was the big factor for me in the last two years. I guess you uh, a few years back had the opportunity to go to England. Obviously, played cricket over there, yeah. but obviously it would have been a great life experience time as well. Yeah, that was that. that was awesome. Me and Jack again went over there uh, after graduating school. We took a gap year, 
um, sort of, we got signed up at a club in Manchester. Uh, the both of us, it was like the only place we could go to where they allowed two overseas in the same team. So we weren't pros, we were overseas. So they set up, they set us up with a job and accommodation. We just stayed with the couple of their boys in their team. What, what kind of job were you doing? We started off in a little startup company uh, that was in charge of rolling out the new broadband oh, right. into rural areas of the UK. Oh, right. So we were basically just cold calling um, uh, small businesses in rural areas of the UK and saying, sign up to this new broadband thing. It will improve your internet. But yeah, we ended up losing that job because the company just failed, I think. Right. And so all of a sudden we didn't, we weren't required to go in. But the club look up, looked after us with incentives and stuff. As soon as we got to a certain amount of runs, we got a bit of cash, um, which wasn't too much because we didn't do that great. But in terms of experience over there, it was awesome. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, you're what, a 17, 18-year-old kid. Kind yeah. of felt the two of you working things out for yourselves on the other side of the world. Yeah, living at, living in, I was living in the living in the lounge room of someone's house and Jack was upstairs in a bedroom. <laughs> oh, how, how do you manage that? <laughs> well, I was supposed to be in another bloke's house, right. um, but it was sort of too far away from everything. So I sort of, and all the boys were all, always at Jack's house. I was a bit jealous. So <laughs> I ended up staying in the lounge room, just on the sofa for a bit. But yeah, just big learning experience. I mean, I don't know how much Jack learnt. Um, he just ate chicken nuggets for <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner <laughs> all the time with a kilo of mayonnaise or aioli on top of it. Um, and what about what about the cricket over there? What were the big differences? Or uh, I would say it's a similar standard to second grade here, like a good second grade team here. But the home ground we had was awesome. Um, it was like a road, short boundaries like they are over there, mm. um, good outfield. So I was happy to bat on that, that every second week. Um, but I remember the first game we played um, at Withenshaw and it was it was in April and it was hailing, <laughs> started, started snowing um, as we were playing. We played through it, didn't go off, even after... Um, one of our quick bowlers hit some guy in the head because oh. the ball slipped out of his hand. Yeah. Played through that. He got up. He was all right. We kept playing. And, yeah, it was just unbelievable. So I was, I was keeping, so I was fine. <laughs> I had gloves on, long sleeve shirt, everything. I was happy. But Jack, um, I sort of talked him up as a good fielder, gun fielder, you know, mm. get him into the covers, short cover. So Which standing, is accurate. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Good fielder, yeah. So he's standing in short cover with his hands like, Ice cold, <laughs> rock hard, and he's just getting pelted all game. So he wasn't too happy about that, but it was good fun. Did you uh, did you get to some travelling outside of England as well? Yep. So we played cricket for the, we had the season where we just stayed in Manchester. We did a bit of touring down to like London and stuff like that um, in between the weeks. Um, but afterwards, me, Jack, and his girlfriend at the time, Lara, we went around Europe pretty much. Mm-hmm. On a bus, we had this like bus about um, pass thing that we used, mm. and we went to yeah, all of Western Europe, um, Central Europe. Uh, we pretty much didn't do East Europe, but everywhere else we did. Yeah, and it was amazing staying in hostels, just slumming it out. Amazing, yeah, great. great experience. Yeah, 
So you, you talked about your wicket keeping. So a bit yeah. of wicket keeping, bit of bowling. <clears throat> what uh, what do you see your role in? What do you see your role um, on the field? Um, well, I've realised that I just love fielding now. I mean, a lot of people hate fielding, but I just love being involved in the field, pinging the ball around, throwing myself around. Um, I did use the wicket keep, which is good to develop my skills, I think, and sort of had some success at it, but just sort of figured wasn't going to be the next Adam Gilchrist. <laughs> my knees sort of weren't holding up too well. And, uh, yeah, wasn't the next generation of keepers that were all, like, five foot tall and mm. 50 kilos. So um, gave that up. Sort of people wanted me to get into bowling, sort of just bowling some medium paces, which can be useful, but I'd just rather save my energy for batting, mm. I think. Um, batting can be so fatiguing sometimes, especially after fielding. Mm. So I'd rather just, yeah, I think I'm a good enough asset in the field just to focus on fielding. So mm. I think we've got the bowling um, strength now mm. to to um, to cope. Yeah, Sam Lickis has been doing my job, I think, that I would have been doing, and he's been doing great at it. So, mm. And even the keeping, I guess, with... Jamie Saunders as well. Yeah. To have that, those two keepers in the team. Oh, yeah. Jack and Jamie have been absolute guns. Um, <laughs> such good keepers. Yeah, so I'm pretty happy just to let them do do their thing. Preferred position in the field? I find myself a point a lot, but... Make them mine. Yeah, but point, point cover point, cover, um, short mid-wicket when pup's bowling. Pretty good, pretty good hot spots yeah. there, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, we had it jotted down to like so you, like, you were officially promoted to vice captain, I guess for the season to score, and, uh, uh, which was great uh, a reward after a good season. I mean, I know I, when I, I had a brief opportunity to captain you, uh, I was like, "Gee, this guy's uh, smart, much smarter than me at, uh, <laughs> at uh, captaining." But uh, like, yeah, what was that like to I guess officially come into that leadership group and into that role? Yeah, great. Once again, a good confidence booster from the blokes behind the scene at, at the Hawks um, to give me that role. I was, I was sort of becoming like only playing like five years, but at the same time, I was becoming a senior figure in that group. But I think, I mean, I can't fault Jack Lickis at all. Like he does such a good job on the field um, and keeping as well now. It would be such a hard job. So try and leave it all up to him because he has, he really is the brains behind everything. Um, but yeah, where I can, I sort of pitch in and sort of say a few things. But yeah, I sort of certainly love the role. Don't get me wrong. Um, and it, it's also a good responsibility to have because you then put more responsibility in yourself, and then sort of leading to um, batting a bit, batting for a longer period of time. Once again, not leaving it up to someone else. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Looking ahead, Kay, um, do you have some? Talked about the importance of setting goals. What sort of goals do you set yourself for these this next season? Yeah, I think um, so. This year, I sort of I wanted to get three hundreds. Obviously, didn't get any, but I mean, it is important to set goals like really high, really um, sort of unachievable goals at times. But this year, I think um, five hundred runs is going to be the Benchmark. I don't know what format we're going to be playing this year, but assuming it's just going to be the same, a bit of two-day, a bit of one-day. Um, but yeah, 500 runs has been, 
I think two years ago I got 500. Last year I didn't quite get there. So I think that's a good good indicator of having a good season is yeah. 500 runs. But I would like to um, turn those 50s, those 55s into 100s. Yeah. And just one last one before we get into our throwdown. Someone who's been at the Hawks for a long time, um, you look around the place, uh, what are some things that you've seen that have changed over that time? Well, I think the the goals that the club sets, I mean, I don't know them specifically, but the trajectory that we're going on um, in terms of the junior cricket um, is unbelievable. I mean, I couldn't even imagine being part of, like as a kid, being a part of um, what we've got going on here now. Like when I was eight years old and I was playing, there was like eight kids that would show up um, and there wasn't really much thought into that. But nowadays... Um, yeah, I mean, the numbers, I don't know them exactly, but the numbers that we've got here are just remarkable. So I think that's sort of the big thing that's really, like, motivating, and I'd sort of love to get involved in that as well, sort of bringing them up, giving them some insight. You hear that, Dave? Yeah, no, um, Actually, I did want to ask, um, uh, in terms of studies as well, like uh, I know you're, uh, you're studying at uh, uni, so software engineering, just uh, a little bit tell us, uh, to, I guess, to give some perspective away from cricket as well. Yeah, so finished my gap year and then went straight into uni, signed up to UQ in Brizzy. Um, software engineering, it was like a four or five year course. Um, and yeah, I mean... It's it's good, fun, sometimes it's hard, but I mean, I love it and I think there's a big future in it, so pretty candid. I've come so far now, I've nearly finished my fourth year, so nearly wrapping it up, so just got to knuckle down, finish it off, and then hopefully don't have to travel away anywhere. I'd love to just stay on the Gold Coast. Couldn't think of any place I'd rather be. Cool, mate. All right, well, we'll get into our throwdowns, which are our five questions that we ask every guest so to kick us off who is the best player that you've played with at the Hawks at the Hawks we've had a good mix of answers you can give us the top couple if you can't narrow it down to one so I'm thinking like Paul Baird but I mean he's I think he sort of peaked a year like sort of at the time where I first got here yeah I think the first year you the first year you were here, 2013-14, I think it was, uh, he uh, he won... The, uh, the year after he's got promoted. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he scored the most runs in the comp that year, I'm pretty sure. Right, okay. So, yeah, sort of him at that time. More recently... Oh, Danny Edwards mm. would be one as a bowler. But and I benefited really, behind the stumps there. Yeah, just turning him a metre and just getting stumpings for fun. Um, but I don't care too much about bowling. Um, batting, <laughs> uh, I really look at Jack Lickis and sort of look up to him and his technique um, and the way he hits the ball. Yeah, he's sort of he's probably the best one that I would, that I can think of at the Hawks yep. as a bat. Yeah, uh, is there a best player that stands out for you that you played against? Ooh, against. Last year, Kevin Chapman from Mudrabar. I think we played Mudrabar three times. Okay. And he got like a 50 knot, not out in the 2020. And then he got 170 in two day. And I'm pretty sure he got 100 in one day. 
Jeez. So that was not fun, <laughs> um, but it was just amazing to watch to watch that. Nathan Reardon from Surfers. Mm, that's cool to play against a guy mm. like him. Absolute play for Australia. Hits yeah. the ball ten times harder. And he's not the biggest bloke himself, so but hits the ball ten times harder than anyone else. There's some bowlers from Queens. Sam Winton is an absolute gun, um, and he's got me in his back pocket most <laughs> of the time when we verse him. Uh, yeah, those three sort of stand out to me. Uh, yeah, I just want to quickly flash back to uh, the guy that you were mentioned before you're batting behind in the team of the decade. Uh, I do remember uh, you played, when you were at Broadbeach, you played against uh, us out here and Conrad made 132 when you were in the Broadbeach oh, yeah. team. Do you, do you recall that? I don't recall that. Oh, no. <laughs> we made 130 before lunch. We put on fourth of 300 and something. Gee, so yeah. Wow. But uh, no, all right. Well, in what, second grade? Third grade. Okay. Third grade. Kay was keeping for Broadbeach. Yeah. Um, oh, behind the stumps. Oh. Don't remember it. But I don't remember that. No. Uh, Conrad's going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, not that but, memorable. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we um, all through sort of. Oh, yeah. 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 I think Coxie was the captain and he refused to put a third man in. So Conrad just kept, uh, kept going down there. So. Amazing. Uh, what about our most memorable win that you've been involved in? Most memorable win. Um, uh, semi-final two years ago against Broadbeach that we won. Um, none really stand out. I mean, I've had a few memorable losses, um, in particular the grand final loss two years ago. Um, and we've... Yeah, I think it would have to be that semi-final against Broadbeach at Broadbeach um, and we know how strong they are they've obviously won the title now two years after the two years after that but yeah knocking them out of their home ground when we were just the complete underdogs and so were Burley to be honest that mm-hmm. year against Queens so two underdogs winning it going through the final what a story yeah. especially for them winning it this is always a good one that we enjoy to hear but uh, is there a funniest memory from your time here that uh can always kind of look back and laugh on. Um, Anything with Jack? I do actually. I have. I remember a story um, from. I don't. It was in that season where I don't think you were doing it. But Jack, every time he took a catch, he would do like a Fortnite move. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> he, yeah. Yeah, that was that was funny. Well, you weren't involved in the. Uh, I was. Yeah. You were. Oh, yeah. You could tell that one. No, I might tell. Him. So just over the last few years. When Jack Baird plays a reverse sweep, and ninety percent of the time he hits it, and he gets given out every time, LW, <laughs> and just the way he reacts as he's coming off and in the change rooms, and for the rest of the day, he's just in one of his moods where he's <laughs> just not happy at all. Yeah, I think umpires, if they see yeah. reverse sweeping, that they, they just, they just like, don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> not having that. And uh, lastly, mate, to finish us up, what uh, what keeps you coming back to the Hawks every season? Yeah, just the just the group of boys that we have going now. We've been together for five years, um, and the trajectory that we've gone we're going on as a team individually. I think watching everyone uh, just grow as cricketers into really mature cricketers um, and coming together to play some really good cricket at times, um, I would could never leave them. I don't think. Yeah, that's very good. Thank you so much, Kay. No worries. It's been really uh, good to chat and um, dig a little bit deeper into 
how you've evolved, I guess, over time. And yeah, so yeah, many thanks for your, for your time today. No, thanks, thanks for having me. me. Cheers. That was really, uh, really cool to hear from Kay, uh, especially how he, you know, talked about, you know, coming through the, those harder times when he wasn't making runs and then breaking through and, uh, you know, now seeing himself as, uh, well, setting very high standards for himself. So, um, yeah, we look forward to seeing how Kay uh, continues that, that uh, you know, mission for, for hundreds and whatnot in the, in the next couple of years. We'll flash forward now to next week's episode with uh, Simon Vandekroek. Well, well, I think I think with COVID coming on, that um, all the, the the total news in the whole world had had diminished to such a point <laughs> that the that the bulletin must have got to the point where they had no filler whatsoever. <laughs> so they've decided to just give me a call, and uh, my brand over COVID has has increased like something. <laughs> like my brand has gone through the roof. Like like I get, yeah, a, I get a call from a bulletin. I get a full page spread. <laughs> uh, I get in the team of the decade. Um, I don't think I, it's all and down from here. Podcast. Yeah, You're and I'm podcast. not even playing. And I'm, it's, it's it's all the way down from here. <laughs> that will be one not not to be missed. Uh, Simon has uh, many great stories from his time here, uh, but we'll uh, we'll leave you there. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye for now.